It's WGXC <laughs> 90.7 FM. Right. Acre, Keep going. Hudson, Catskill, Phoenicia, and lots Phoenicia. of other places. That's an interesting addition. And Valacia. And Or Valacia. as they usually call it when you first land in Columbia County. Valaty. Valaty. <laughs> <laughs> um, very well done. Did you mention the online uh, way and to And online at WGXC.org. Yes. This summer, the Athens Cultural Center presents movies in Athens Riverfront Park every second Saturday of the month, beginning around 8.30 p.m. On May 14th, they'll show Harold and Maude from 1971. June 11th, they'll show Athens resident Lisa Thomas's movie Thirsty from 2016. July 9th, they'll show A Trip to the Moon, the 1902 movie. August 13th, they'll show Summer of Soul, the Oscar-winning film from last year. And September 10th, they will display I Dream Too Much from 2015. That's the Athens Cultural Center's summer movie series in Athens Riverfront Park. You can find out more about these film showings on the WGXC community calendar online at WGXC.org. WGXC is made possible in part by the generous ongoing support of Glen Falls House in Round Top, New York. WGXC's sustaining supporters are among the station's most dedicated listeners. They care deeply about Creative Community Radio, and their investment helps to sustain WGXC as a public platform for information, experimentation, and engagement in Green and Columbia counties. You, too, can become a sustaining supporter by going to wgxc.org slash donate and designating an amount of your choosing. Thank you for your support. That's the THX sound, people. Um, you are listening to Dim the Lights <laughs> with Jenny and Amanda. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Amanda. <laughs> this is a movie or a movie radio show, not a movie, just a movie radio show that is on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month here on WGXC where uh, Jenny and I pick a theme and we just chit chat about movies. But before we get into our theme for this episode, we're going to tell you a little bit about what's playing in the area's theaters right now. So I'm going to start with the Wyndham Theater in Wyndham, New York. We have The Bad Guys, The Secrets of Dumbledore, and Sonic 2. If you want to find out more about those showtimes, you can head to WyndhamTheater.com. That's W I N D. H-A-M theater.com. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what's playing over at the Crandall Theater in Chatham. As always, it's many things, so buckle up. (laughs) We have a movie called Don Bass. We have Everything Everywhere All at Once, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, Wood and Water, The Duke, Eat, Pray, Love. (laughs) (laughs) Another Uh, comeback. It's back, baby. Uh, Memoria. Viva Maestro, which looks like a one-day live music event, Downton Abbey, A New Era, and Hello Bookstore. And all of that information with specific showtimes can be found at crandalltheater.org. Lovely. I'm going to tell you good folks about what's playing at the two upstate film locations. That is the Star Cinema in Rhinebeck and the Orpheum Theater in Saugerties. At the Star Cinema, this week we have Hit the Road, The Northman, and Everything Everywhere All at Once. And at the Orpheum Theater, we have Dora and the Lost City of Gold, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, 
Just Eat It, The Bad Guys, and The Secrets of Dumbledore. And if you want to find out more about showtimes and ticket prices, you can head to upstatefilms.org. And now I'm going to tell you about what's happening at TSL in Hudson. Now, I only have the schedule for this weekend, the last weekend of April, because their calendar for May is not yet up. So you're going to have to check that one out on your own. I'm sorry. But for this weekend, they have A Coffee in Berlin, Hit the Road, Saturday Fiction, Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy, Pizarro, Father of Impressionism, The Rosemaker, uh, and Tutankhamen, The Last Exhibition. And you can find out all of those specific showtimes at timeandspace.org and also their May calendar when it's ready. Nice. All right. Last but not least, I'm going to tell you what's playing at Spotlight Cinemas in Hudson on Fairview Avenue, otherwise known as the eight screen theater there. They are selling, um, there's pre-sale tickets for the new Doctor Strange movie. There's also the unbearable weight of massive talent, the Northman, everything everywhere all at once, Father Stew, the bad guys, the secrets of Dumbledore, Ambulance, and Sonic the Hedgehog too. And you can find out more about showtimes at spotlightcinemas.com. So many movies right now. There's a lot of movies out. So many movies. And I got to be honest, Jenny, I have not been to see anything new um, except for the Batman. I was going to say that's a lie because I know you saw the Batman. That, but that's it. And I just wish I had something that I liked better to talk about. I know. <laughs> but I guess, um, we, you know, usually in this portion of the show where Jenny and I talk about what we've been watching lately. And now that the theaters are back open, it's usually new stuff. I can talk about the Batman. <laughs> I mean, hey. Um, uh, you know, surprisingly for a three-hour movie, I don't have much to say. I personally, Amanda, did not care for this movie. Jenny? <laughs> I also did not care for the movie. Uh, it's so long. It was so boring to me. It was I'm so, so sorry to Robert. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. And that's the thing is I think we both agreed that it, the fault was not in the actors. They did what they could with totally. what I found to be a very poor script. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> um, it's. I feel like there's a lot of movies, new movies these days that are very long and they maybe think that that's okay and that's what people want. But um, more often than not, it's actually just they didn't know how to edit or <laughs> didn't want to. Uh, <laughs> she has like a really intense self-seriousness, which I think adds to the, the runtime, you know, they're like, oh, it's like, it's a serious movie. It's three hours long, but I'm just like, I don't care. It's not, it doesn't have any depth. Like none nope. of the characters really had anything happening with them. It did not speak to, did not speak to either of us. <laughs> exactly. Like, I feel like ever since the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, there's been a real desire for other people to make serious superhero mm -hmm. movies. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that desire, but that, yeah, what this one had, which, or didn't have, which the Nolan ones do is still kind of a sense of levity. Like the Nolan ones mm -hmm. are more quote unquote serious, but they still take place in this, this really um, well-built, rich, wacky world. That totally. Them, you know, and that's really illustrated well. And in this one, I just didn't get any good Gotham flavor. <laughs> they didn't tell me pretty much anything. Uh, and But it, they had three hours to do that. Um, yeah. <laughs> it felt like a real waste of time somehow. <laughs> like, 
I don't, you have so much time. Why yeah. are we spending it on these just conversations in the dark where I don't really understand what's happening or why? Exactly. Oh, like boy. I'm going to say a little, I'm going to say a spoiler here. If you haven't seen this movie and you care about spoilers, please don't listen right now. But for example, the villain's big plot at the end is that he's going to, which we find out very quickly, you know, big suspenseful moment. Uh Oh, this was his big plan the whole time. He's got bombs around the, the wall of the city, which I guess is uh, like inset into the ocean. It's like below <laughs> sea level. I think it's below it's just... <laughs> sea level, which they didn't tell us the entire b- before, like any uh, in the movie at all. Yeah. So sudden when he has this horror like what is truly a horrific evil plot it just happens so fast and with so explanation that I little explanation that I have no time to care yeah (laughs) I also there's not a lot of payoff with that either like we just kind of get a FEMA ad and that's it exactly exactly (laughs) so lame (laughs) yeah so the Batman I would say two firm thumbs down from the two of us unfortunately exactly there was one cool car chase scene and the Batmobile reveal was fun and that was it Um. (laughs) but you know it's streaming now so if you are interested you don't even have to go to the theater to see it you can just pop it on hbo and watch it easy peasy if you're interested um jenny have you seen anything else new in the theater i have i've seen two new movies that i actually am really excited to tell you about one i'm not going to spend that much time on because there's a lot out there about it already but i did go to see everything everywhere all at once and it was so fun i really enjoyed it i actually really want to go see it again because it's one of the like biggest loudest movies i've ever seen and so i would like i would like to go back and like kind of catch more details um but it's really funny it's like super silly and weird and like actually has a real um like mid 2000s internet type of humor energy which I think really appeals to people in our age bracket which is probably why it's getting so much um, hype but it's really fun I also have like an unrelentingly powerful crush on Michelle Yeoh and I'm so glad to see her in like um, a protagonist role it's so exciting so yeah that's everything everywhere all at once it's still playing in theaters as you heard so I would go see it if you're interested in fun weird action movies yes um, And then I actually, last night, I just watched another new movie, not in the theaters, but it is like brand new. It's just become available to rent uh, called We're All Going to the World's Fair. Have you heard of it? I have heard of it. I just now heard of it. Yeah. A horror movie about gender dysphoria. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) I think that comes from this interview with the uh, director, which is really interesting. And I will post it on our Instagram so that you can read it. Um, Because the movie itself is not actually about gender dysphoria. It's just like thematically about um, bodies changing and identities changing. And it's like, so we're all going to the World's Fair is, it is a horror movie, but it's not very scary. It's just, it's about a like girl who's like a young teen who uh does like an internet challenge that's like it's almost like a creepypasta story where uh-huh. like oh yeah they, that's you what, know. also what I saw it described as totally it's like it, it actually it's similar to like any of the like spirit games where you have to do something in real life and something yes. will happen to you that's like supernatural but it's transmitted over the internet um but it's really like it's very indie in a way that I really like because it feels very emblematic of the internet like it reminds me of like zine culture in a big way um and like it's just really it's it's mostly just about this girl 
like kind of going through like a transformative process that you can really read as like a like a trans metaphor and also like a, a coming of age metaphor and the director's non-binary so there's like this really interesting art uh, interview with them that uh like where they talk about that, like in, uh, like influencing their work, and yeah, so it's, it's. I really liked it. It's as I was watching it, I wasn't like super taken with it, but the more I think about it, the more I like it. Actually, nice. um, but yeah, it's not. I, it is like technically a horror movie, but it's not very scary. So I'm like, yeah. don't go in expecting like like any of those other like uh, unfriended. <laughs> yeah, like it's not an unfriended type movie. It's like Darn a very it. like qu- I know. <laughs> it's like very quiet, like very super indie but in a way that I actually really liked because it felt it felt indie in like a purposeful way and not in a way that's like kind of annoying yeah know? not like um uh anthropology catalog no ad. no yeah. no no yeah no like very much like nice. teens on the internet like and like the internet is so weird and it really captures that and I really like that hell yeah you know I do wish some of those um viral internet scary uh trends whatever uh they I do find them really horrifying and I'm very specific specifically talking about the elevator game the elevator game is so scary (laughs) I know it's popped up in in movies and tv shows but I would love a dedicated movie about it like we saw that one at the drive-in that was just god awful so bad (laughs) it was so bad and I it it's so scary for those of you who don't know the elevator game um was uh, being tossed around Reddit a couple years ago, um, and it's and it's a game where you. I think it comes from Japan originally, though I'm not mm-hmm. sure. And it's where you get in the elevator and you go um, on this. You press a certain sequence of floors, and at some point, a woman is supposed to get in the elevator, and you can't look at her, and uh, oh, she's so taking you to hell. It's it's actually my description's not very scary, but when you really read it. it gets under your skin and then it's combined with the very real life mysterious death of uh I think her name is Elisa Lamb or Eliza Lamb in LA in in um a notoriously haunted hotel um and there's elevator footage of her like security camera camera footage of her on the elevator and she's acting very scared and very strange and people theorized that the elevator game was involved and it's very, it's very spooky. It's very scary. Um, <laughs> the internet, the internet is scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's what, like that movie, I can't even remember what it was called that we watched that either. had that in it. Like it was, that was a piece of the puzzle, but it just like became such like cheap thrills, like the most annoying, like YouTube vloggers on the like planet. Just so, yeah. so <laughs> unpleasant to watch. It was and a bad do... point, uh, bad found footage. Yeah, totally. Yeah. With like, just like the most uh, ostentatious, like boys being loud and super annoying um, yeah. as YouTubers sometimes are. Um, mm-hmm. And I really, this movie that I'm talking about has like, it's much less interested in like the horror aspect but the like internet part of it is so much more accurate and I found it to be much more interesting and like uh I don't like it's still it's still really unsettling because like there's a scene where the main character like falls asleep to an ASMR video and like 
as a person who like recently is like maybe getting getting a little bit into ASMR like they're so weird and like they're really creepy like on the outside and so like watching that is so unsettling so it's scary in a different and much more interesting way in my opinion um so yeah I would definitely recommend it if any of those things interest you it's called we're all going to the world's fair and you can rent it which I did last night from YouTube nice well that's another scary thing right is the the YouTube videos that potentially hypnotize you or have yeah, like, <laughs> the demon sound that possesses totally. you all that stuff is the very exciting spirit games I could watch 1 million movies about those because they're Same. so scary and I grew up in the you know the light as a feather stiff as a board bloody mary oh god era. I'm so scared of bloody mary <laughs> I know <laughs> I'm so so scared I know. And I say it like it's the specific era, but obviously kids are always creepy and always have had these <laughs> creepy games forever. Totally. You know? <laughs> kids, kids love to be scared, but you know, it's, we live in a weird time and it's really transposed itself onto the internet in a funny way. Exactly. Oh, well, that sounds great. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing everything everywhere all at once. One of these days soon, hopefully before it leaves the theaters. Yeah. So tonight's theme is we've only done a few like this, maybe even only one other that it's kind of a treat for us because the theme is one that is extremely broad. A lot of different movies of different genres can fall into it. Um, Tonight, we are tackling dad movies, not to be confused with movies about dads or movies that our specific fathers whom we grew up with love. (laughs) (laughs) um it's a it's movies well I think we maybe need to spend a little time breaking down what a dad movie is because uh I guess we are thinking movies that the classic uh quote-unquote American dad (laughs) (laughs) movies that are made to appeal to that man (laughs) we're talking we're talking about an archetype of dad which like also for us is obviously we're coming from a place of like white men white cis men who were born like in the early to mid 20th century so there's like a very specific type of dad exactly exactly (laughs) the um you know the energy like when you watch a movie and you're like oh my god this movie was marketed and made for dads like this is a dad movie for dads and dads will sit down and watch it and love it yep (laughs) regardless of whether or not they have a child they just will (laughs) exactly there are movies made to market to straight white women who are mothers so there's movies made. <laughs> yeah exactly so it's um that's a great way to describe it um but yeah I love it was I had a really fun time thinking about all the different kinds of dad movies there are I must admit I chose this category because I was I was away for work last week which was nice but I didn't have a ton of time to watch movies so I was like okay I want something that is like as broad as possible so I don't really have to do any research and I can just watch what I want Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. and because it turns out we're all dad inside we're <laughs> all dad, dad inside isn't that a beautiful wild wonderful thing to realize that maybe <laughs> our own dads don't realize yeah um but I Everyone's hope that one dad. day they're free yes um, <laughs> free dads free those dads to realize that <laughs> all dads um yeah exactly this is a really really fun category it's um I tried to, because I hope one day in the future, we do an episode that is specific to our dads. Yes, definitely. Um, So I tried to avoid the ones that I know my dad loves. And of course, 
what my dad, my quote unquote dad movies are informed. My archetypal dad is informed by my dad. (laughs) So there's not too much avoiding it, but, um, I think I did. Okay. I only watched two movies for it, but I had a good time. Yes. You want to start? Oh, I would love to. I did watch three. Nice. So I'm actually going to start with my dad movie that is absolutely not a dad movie and I messed up and I watched it and I was like oh no this isn't a dad movie at all um but it was really good so I'm going to tell you about it anyway yes <laughs> uh, it was also the movie that informed my choosing of the category because I've been wanting to watch it for a while and I was like I wanted to know of- so bad what made you choose <laughs> like what kind of movie is this and I was like maybe it's a dad movie <laughs> and I watched it and I was like oh no it wasn't a dad movie but that's okay <laughs> anyway I watched a movie from 1976 called um Mikey and Nikki Okay, I've never heard of it. It's really good. I really liked it. Um, it is directed by Elaine May, who is like a comedy person who a lot of people know, but I don't really know who she is. <laughs> she's really yeah. famous. No, I don't know who that person is either. <laughs> um, but she's also like one of one of, if not the first, like woman to direct a movie in the Hollywood system, which is so crazy. Wow. Until the 70s. Um, or at least in like the postcode, post-haze code. Anyway, mm-hmm. okay focus so <laughs> Mikey and Nikki I was like this is a dad movie it's about gangsters it's from the 70s and it stars Columbo like home run baby <laughs> gotta be a dad movie gotta be a dad movie however it's really really about like the trap of masculinity <laughs> it's like and that's what I, that's, episode's about <laughs> it really is but this this is a movie which is very like it feels very subversive and very like critical of the trap of masculinity which is not to say that dads can't be critical of the trap of masculinity and watch subversive movies because they can however <laughs> not the movie, dads we're talking about we're talking we're about talking. the archetypal dads who are indeed within that trap of masculinity Yes. And movies are being marketed to those dads who are still trapped. <laughs> exactly. But Mikey and Nikki is about um, two guys named Mikey and Nikki. Uh, Mikey is played by um, Peter Falk, Colombo, and Nikki is played by John Cassavetes. Uh, and they both are, they were childhood friends who both grew up to like work for the same mob boss, basically. Mm-hmm. And John Cassavetes through some circumstance that I don't even know if we learn all the details of stole a thousand bucks from their boss and is now so freaked out that he's about to die and like he's gonna have hitmen come after him so he calls up Peter Falk Columbo (laughs) to come help him out and it basically the movie is just this one night of the two of them hanging out and having like the worst night (laughs) because John Cassavetes is so like out of his mind paranoid and freaked out and uh, Peter Falk is trying to calm him down the whole time uh but it things just go really awry and I'm not gonna spoil the ending because I actually do think it's a really good movie and it's streaming on HBO so it's really accessible right now um but it's just it's really fascinating it's almost entirely just the two of them having conversations all night in different locations but they're both so their chemistry is really powerful and like their relationship is really interesting so it's still very captivating the whole time um And then the thing that I was like, no, this totally is a dad movie. And then near the end, there's like this really, really brutal, like a brutally uncomfortable uh, sex scene with the two of them and this woman. And it's just like, I was like, oh no, oh no, this is no longer a dad movie. We've been punted out. This pushed us out so fast. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, it is like, it's has that like 70s grain to it because it's so like I think it's just like really intentionally filmed in this way 
that feels almost naturalistic and like it feels like you're really just following these two guys like around town while they're like getting on buses and like hanging out in bars and getting kicked out of bars and <laughs> and just having this like really awful night and like rekindling their friendship and also like redestroying their friendship at the same time wow. um, and it's I mean it's really it's like not very much happens in it but it's a very interesting and like moving movie and I really oh, liked it sounds Mikey amazing Mikey yeah. Nikki where's it streaming it's streaming on HBO I've been meaning okay. to watch it for a couple of years but like never got around to it because because I was like it's a dad movie it's gonna be boring <laughs> but then uh you know so it, this was my my gateway into being like well let's watch dad movies and then I have to watch Mikey and Nikki but it turns out it's not really a dad movie it's so much <laughs> and more it's really fun to watch you know <laughs> here and there we get these wonderful moments where um something is marketed to the archetypal male um and actually though they're being slipped like a little key to try to untrap themselves totally yeah much like one of my favorite movies of all time point break yes exactly (laughs) it really has point break energy actually like not like no action scenes whatsoever but the like um this like intense like basically romantic relationship between these two men who like simply cannot communicate with each other and like yeah. they're so close to it but they just can't quite get there oh, like, god. oh my god that's what I was loving about I you know I just I Amanda just finished the Sopranos for the first time and that's an element that I love so much about it is actually the suffering of the characters um where they are unable to admit or even see that they are indeed suffering because they're trapped in that same way. Totally. Um, and it's, it's pretty uh, magnificent to see something that touches on that. So, so beautifully. Yeah, for sure. Ugh, sounds great. So tell you, oh, sorry, please. Go ahead. no, I was, I was going to say, so what, so what, what did you watch? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> I watched a true dad movie yes like unbelievable dad movie I'm sure my dad loves it as I know my partner was like oh yeah my dad loves this movie I think (laughs) this one was made for the dads um so I'm before I tell you the title I'm going to tell you a little theory um if you easily want to find a movie for this category any movie that stars Harrison Ford that is not made by George Lucas or Steven Spielberg yes between the 70s and the early aughts is probably going to hit it yes talking witness I knew it was I like had such a feeling I didn't watch it's not the it's not witness it's not witness 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 is far better than what I watched no (laughs) I mean it it wasn't a bad movie I watched Patriot Games okay oh word so I, I actually tried to work my way through as much Tom Clancy, Jack Ryan stuff as I could. I got one movie in, um, the, so, um, Pedro games is from 1992. It is indeed based on one of Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan novels, which <laughs> I found out all of the media uh, surrounding that character is called the Ryan verse. So I entered the Ryan verse. <laughs> Well, I love that. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. I entered the Ryan verse. Um, and this is the second movie made um from a Jack Ryan book. The first one is Hunt for Red October, which is one of my dad's favorite movies. So I'm saving it for our Father's yes. Day episode. <laughs> so I skipped to this one. Um, and so it yeah, it stars uh Harrison Ford, 
as Jack Ryan. And his, uh, he is a former CIA operative, but now he's, he just teaches at the CIA, I guess. Um, and his boss is James Earl Jones and, uh, his daughter is Thora Birch. It's (laughs) semi-stacked, but he's kind of a mild mannered family man. You know, I will say it's kind of for a super mask, like action cop guy movie, (laughs) CIA guy. He is. Um, I appreciate that Jack Ryan is kind of mild mannered. There's really not a lot of like punches thrown. Could have been more. Maybe it would have been more fun. <laughs> Anyways, Jack Ryan and his wife and daughter are on vacation in London when they just happen to be in the way of an attempted assassination by the IRA on the royal family. IRA being the Irish uh, Republican Army. Um, and Sean Bean is one of these assassins. And uh, while during this attempted assassination, Jack Ryan is right there and he sees an opportunity to save the day and he pins one of the guys in time for the cops to come and he gets shot first and then shoots one of the assassins and it happens to be Sean Bean's little brother who dies in the fight. Sean Bean gets taken to prison and where he does the classic thing and stares at a picture of Jack Ryan on the wall in his prison cell, plotting revenge. Um, And uh, so basically, you know, they go back to the States. His Jack Ryan's wife is like, I don't want you to get back into the CIA, honey. Like those days are over. Like, I can't, I can't go back to that life. He finds out that Sean Bean has escaped prison because they're transporting him and there's a rat in the police force in London who has set up this daring escape which is a pretty thrilling scene you know busting him out of the the transfer vehicle uh there's like a they got a sexy lady in their ranks who's also an assassin (laughs) gender parody (laughs) yeah exactly so anyways um it's a really fun sean bean love to see sean bean he's got a starts out with a really good haircut it he gets a haircut later it's not so good (laughs) (laughs) and you know as he as he uh continues to uh unfold his revenge plot against jack ryan it's revealed that he starts to turn against his, his IRA buddies because um, his mission is totally focused on revenge rather than their um, desire to assassinate the royal family again. Uh, so yeah, that's Patriot Games. It's fine. I mean, like, <laughs> they're not, those, those movies, especially from that time, like late 80s, early 90s, they're not boring necessarily. They're entertaining enough. Um, they are far more interesting to my dad, uh, <laughs> where they're just like the news kind of. <laughs> yeah. It is like the movie equivalent of like the airport paperback, you know, where you're like, okay, like literally. <laughs> Liter- literally, it's an adaptation of one. And I think it appeals to people like my dad because he's like the main character is a family man, totally. little blonde daughter that they're coming after. You know, they try to they try to kill his wife and daughter. Of course. Um, yeah, exactly. So, you know, really appeals to the father. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I because I was like, all right, I'm in the Ryan verse. I'm what if I just showed up to our show and I had nothing but Jack Ryan movies to that talk about? That would be about? so funny. Oh my God. I know. Well, I tried to watch my 
I was going to make my second movie, the next movie in line, which is clear and present danger, Mm -hmm. but it's two and a half hours long. And I just, I had just finished Patriot games and I just couldn't do it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and again, not that it's necessarily boring. It's just, there's so much talking. (laughs) This is what makes it a dad movie is that you and I are both like, uh, I guess I'll watch it. You know, <laughs> like, like, again, it's like it's not that it's entirely bad. It just like deeply doesn't interest me, totally. Amanda. <laughs> um, especially because there's actually not a lot of action. Right. It's mostly like the clear and present danger even has Willem Dafoe in it. I was like, this is gonna be great. It's gonna be great. And it was he it's he not. was great. It was boring. Yeah, it was boring. I, I, I feel like my, um, this is one of the things that I was thinking like makes an archetypical dad movie is like, you desperately don't want to watch it. And then the really good ones, like not, not these two necessarily, but like a, w- when a dad movie is like really excellent actually, and you're watching it and like halfway through, you're like, actually this movie really rules. And like, yeah. I think it's something that only happens when you get older. Definitely. Like when you're a kid and you try and watch a dad movie, there's like, no way it's not happening. But when you're a little bit older and it's actually a good movie mm-hmm. and you like watch it, you're like, okay. And and maybe that's like, you know, a way to bond. Just yeah. a little moment of understanding. Oh my God. One and one's dad. Yeah. <laughs> when I told my dad in high school, I watched um, part of Stanley Kubrick's Paths of Glory in oh history God. class because it's about World War One. And I really love it. Such a dad movie. It's a yeah. Kubrick movie. And it's actually really beautiful, although it is also like, you have to be very patient because it's mostly a, actually a courtroom movie. Yeah, um, totally. But when I told him that I watched it and I liked it, he immediately bought it for me on DVD. Immediately. <laughs> it was like, Aww. yeah, was so, so excited. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. Like, so there is a lot of very archetypal dad movies from this time that I like a lot more because they involve more action. And they're in that way, they're actually like less realistic this these movies feel you can tell they're based on books like it it, they they feel more realistic you know for sure yeah clear and present danger is like the some um Colombian cartels like kill a friend of the president of the United States on their yacht because he's been laundering money for them and it's like okay but it just (laughs) is more boring yeah (laughs) like god there's just so much talking in this movie (laughs) there's just so much talking I can think of so many other fun movies that my dad and I can enjoy together that have like more guns totally (laughs) well that's like there's so many genres that fall into like dad movies are it's like a the very middle of a Venn diagram with like 10 circles on the outside because like and I was thinking about this because I wanted to watch a couple of different genres just to like you know spice it up a little bit yeah. But like you have war movies are a huge one. Yeah. Political thrillers, obviously, as we're discussing, like um a ton of comedies are just dad movies, 100 percent Like yeah. there's so many. Uh anything that has a giant boat in it is almost definitely a dad movie. Definitely. In my opinion. The sign adventure for yes. sure. Yes. <laughs> Master and Commander, a a new classic dad movie. Yeah, new class. Dad loves it. Dad loves it. Of course it. he does. Dads love Master and Commander. This is a movie about dudes that rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's for real. Um, the other <sighs> thing I, that that reminded me of was 
I, I also made a list of actors who are like, if you're watching a movie with this actor in it, it's probably a dad movie. Like not mm-hmm. always, mm-hmm. but like Harrison Ford, obviously like not directed by George Lucas in that era, totally, almost certainly a dad movie. <laughs> I also, on my list, I included Bruce Willis and I included mm-hmm. Bill Murray, two very mm-hmm. classic dad icons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also Robert Redford for the more discerning dad. Yep. Uh, and Kevin Costner for a more yep. modern I was dad. like, I was going to be like, yeah. you have to add Kevin Costner. Obviously Costner. <laughs> exactly. There's some real um, men's leading men. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> like Bruce Willis is like right on the edge where like there's something in it for the ladies too, because he's totally. sexy. <laughs> <laughs> like George Clooney. No, no, no. That's no. not a men's leading man. It's <laughs> a women's leading man. <laughs> He's there to be ogled. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, like just like these dudes who almost exclusively do like male ensemble movies, basically. <laughs> like movies that just have an ensemble cast of all men all doing an activity together. And it's like yeah. that's what dads love to see. <laughs> they love to see it. Exactly. They simply love it. <laughs> uh, Jenny, what else you got? Okay, so another movie I watched, I actually did, I leaned into specificity for one of my movies with my dad. Um, but I think it's something beloved by, by many dads, I would assume. Um, I watched the original The Italian Job, which I can tell you for 100% certain is one of my dad's favorite movies because he is Italian and a car guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we did have to go see the remake in the theater as a family when it came out in 2003 <laughs> because oh, yeah. my dad loves the original. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't remember if I saw it as a kid or not. And I upon watching it was like if I did I wasn't paying attention because I don't remember this at all um but it is an hour and a half the first hour is pretty boring and the last half hour is really fun so (laughs) that's my my recommendation dads love it uh if you're not familiar with the Italian job it's about a guy named Charlie played in this case by Michael Caine uh and he is tasked by his boss who's like I don't know. I'm not really sure what his boss does. He seems like also like a mafia leader, but he has like a lot of people under him. It's really weird. Anyway, he is told that there's going to be this delivery of like a ton of gold in Turin, Italy. And if he can get together a team and a scheme to steal it all, that would be just great. <laughs> I don't really, I gotta be honest with you. I wasn't paying that much attention at no, the beginning. It's cool. I wasn't either for Patriot Games, but gotta love an assembled team though. Yes. So that's like the most fun thing about this movie is that Michael Caine has to recruit a bunch of people and get them all into this scheme. So he like gathers them all up. One guy, he is waiting in the bathroom. And then when the guy opens the door, he's like, so do you want to join me on this funny job and it's like very good um and they have like a nice training montage where they have to practice with their three little mini coopers which is what they're going to use to steal the gold and get away from the italian police and the italian mafia uh and you get all of that stuff pays off in the last half hour with the super long really elaborate chase scene which is so fun to watch um it's like so delightful and it's also so clearly a um like the thing that all uh, modern car chase scenes pull from you know yeah. like it's so you watch it and you're like oh my god of course like every other car movie owes something to this um yeah. but it's really fun it's very it's so classic dad movie because it's like yeah there's so much talking in the beginning it's so boring <laughs> it's like I don't care but then 
the payoff at the end is so fun and it's also really funny like Michael Caine has a lot of little one-liners and like they do a lot of like comedy car chase stuff like (sighs) because they are outrunning the cops like the cops are like dumb dill-witted or dumb dim-witted wow (laughs) (laughs) really messed that one up (laughs) dim-witted and uh and and can't go the places that the Mini Coopers can go uh and so yeah I don't really have anything else to say about it except that it is one of my dad's favorite movies so I did cheat a little bit but it also just feels so like cars and like people talking and like <laughs> team of men team of men it's a heist movie the, yeah. there are women in it but they're not real they don't have a character they're not really there it's no. not really about them it has like no. a really weirdly like sexy poster but like at no point is there a topless woman in the movie so I don't really understand you gotta draw them into those seats somehow it's true <laughs> It's really yeah. true. The poster, the I would say, is like the Mini Cooper. Yeah, yeah. The poster is not indicative of the plot of the film at all. <laughs> um, but it is. It's fun. It's definitely like by the end, I was like paying full attention and like grinning and having a great time. It also ends on a cliffhanger, which is really funny. Um, is there a sequel? Is there an original sequel? That's a great question. I actually don't know. It ends on a, a literal cliffhanger with the bus full of gold that they've stolen hanging over the edge of a cliff. <laughs> Oh my God, that's a literal cliffhanger. It's a literal cliffhanger. Is that Um, why they call it a cliffhanger? That's a great question. I don't know. That's a really good question. Yeah, I also, I did not, I didn't even think to look and see if there was a sequel. I was just like, oh, funny. Like it's, it's, it's an inception type ending where you just simply don't know. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's really fun. So I, you know, I would recommend uh the Italian job but like maybe like get yourself a nice snack for the beginning because it's a little tedious nice yeah um I forgot to mention that Patriot Games also ended in a cliffhanger but it's a gender reveal cliffhanger (laughs) (laughs) because his wife gets pregnant like early on in the movie and then toward the end she's like very pregnant and she gets a call from the doctor and the doctor's like do you want to know and they're all like oh I don't know do we want to know and Thora Birch the daughter's like all right like let's do it and you know so mom gets the gets the gender over the phone and then she turns and it goes black. such a weird thing to leave mysterious it's, it's really weird and I like kind of like it yeah totally <laughs> I do too. it's like oh my god I'm on the edge of my seat yeah <laughs> like I don't care I don't, I don't care, care at care. all that's so weird wow yeah. that's really funny yeah really bizarre oh my god Oh, the Italian job is a real the Italian job. Really it's, picked a dad movie. Yeah, like class. I'm like, there's no world in which I would ever watch the Italian job if it wasn't <laughs> because I'm watching it because my dad is making me. You know? Exactly. Um, it is streaming for free on Pluto. If you if you are interested in having a little dad evening to yourself, or if there are any dads listening, and you're like, nice. I've never seen the Italian job. Nice. Yeah, unfortunately, Patriot Games is not streaming for free anywhere, but it is Bar. out there for rent. Um, my next movie is, I would consider a classic dad movie, but also one for the whole family. Uh, I haven't seen it since I was a little kid and oh my God, this movie is so good. Yes, I watched 1989's Field of Dreams. (gasps) Oh, I love Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams is amazing. I love it so much. Oh, I haven't seen it since I was a kid, but please. Oh my God. I hadn't either and I barely remembered it and I'm actually I was telling Tom before we got on the air like I'm actually kind of surprised that this movie had the mass appeal that it did not because it's not amazing but because it's 
very weird. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Very weird. So it's based off of a book called Shoeless Joe, which is indeed a magical realism novel, which makes a lot of sense because this entire movie does feel like a dream. Like nothing makes sense and nobody asks questions. It's amazing. So Field of Dreams stars men's leading man, Kevin Costner. Yes. <laughs> um, and it wastes absolutely no time. Like the opening sequence is a montage with his, he's the main character. His name is Ray Kinsella. Um, it's a montage of photos from his life. And he's basically just catching you up on everything. And, you know, until the present, he talks about his strained relationship with his father, how he meets his wife and they eventually they get married. They have a kid and they buy a farm in Iowa. Um, and so this is also a dad movie too, because it's about dads with strained relationships to their dads, which is appeals to dads. Um, (laughs) you know, (laughs) um, so right after that montage, Kevin Costner is working in the field and he hears a voice, a mysterious voice that says, if you build it, they will come famous, famous lines. Um, and from that, he gets the idea that he has to plow a bunch of his fields and build a baseball diamond. And it's a beautiful baseball diamond. And uh, pretty much not too long after he builds it, uh, ghost baseball players start showing up. Yes. Also, I got to say, let me I forget the actress who plays his wife, who's so cute. Um, his wife is played by Amy Madigan. And let's all hope that we find wives who, when you say that you want to use all of your savings to build a baseball diamond for ghost players. Um, that she's just like, I support you. Oh my God. Literally, he's like, I, he's like, that's right. why this movie is so bizarre. He comes in from outside. He's like, Did you hear that too? And she's like, No, I didn't hear it. And he's like, I, I heard a voice it's telling me to build a baseball diamond. And she's like, Are you going to do it? You should do it. It's insane. That's love, baby. That's it's love. Beautiful. So, um, his dad's favorite baseball player, who's been long dead, uh, and his father has also passed um, in, before the present events of the movie. So his dad's favorite baseball player, shoeless Joe Jackson played by a very young Ray Liotta um, shows up to the baseball diamond and he was a player for the white Sox. He's got his old white Sox uniform on and he loves playing on the baseball diamond. He says, Hey, can Ray, can I bring the others? And he starts bringing other ghost baseball players. It's so beautiful. I love it so much. This movie is also full of beautiful sounds because the baseball field is in the middle of the cornfield so there's like crickets and a breeze and the sound of a baseball thwacking against a wooden bat it's so good beautiful um and he keeps getting messages from this voice he gets another message that he interprets to be that he has to go find an author that was very famous in the sixties called Terrence Mann, who's clearly supposed to be JD Salinger, who <laughs> is um, <clears throat> played by James Earl Jones. We, I did two James Earl Jones movies um, and he goes to find him and gets him involved. And long story short, like I said, a lot of weird things happen. There's a lot of ghosts and nobody asks, asks any questions. Um <laughs> He and his wife and his daughter and then Terrence Mann can all see the ghosts, but there's a couple of people who can't, who are like 
what baseball players are you talking about? But eventually the, they see the magic too. It's, it's good to know it's based on a book, a surreal or a magical realism book. Cause it really makes so much sense because when I was watching it, I was like, why aren't more people talking about this movie? <laughs> This movie is amazing. It's so, so weird. weird. Why aren't people talking about it? Oh my god! <laughs> That's when a dad really <laughs> appeared from inside you and was like, "Have you guys heard about this movie, Field of Dreams?" I truly, I feel like shouting it from the rooftops. Yes. It's so good. It's, yes. it's like I watched it for the first time. Um, yeah, it was amazing. I, um, you know, when he first starts to hear the voice, I thought of. <laughs> the movie frailty which is another yes. working class father hears the voice of god but it's movie but it's very different <laughs> um, totally. and I'm like, could that be a genre and then i could only think of this too <laughs> um yeah and it, it just it you know uh it's about getting second chances to confront your past and reassess your relationships because he never got a chance to he, the, our main character, Ray Kinsella, his last conversation with his dad was sad. They had a fight and then he never got to reconnect with him. And he does get a chance to at the end of the movie, which is very, very beautiful. Uh, so it's about, it's about that. And then also about um, knowing that you're in the right place in your life and also about building heaven. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Um, and yeah, realizing that you have heaven on earth in your own life and it's incredibly beautiful. It's really beautiful. <laughs> it's a really baseball. Yes. It's a really good movie for dads. Cause it is like a great way to connect with complex emotions in, in a way that is like very safe. You're like, yeah. this is happening to Kevin Costner. It's not happening to me. Yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's very it's- thoughtful and emotional. Yep you bring in the whole family. It's certainly not for my dad. This is really not a, my dad movie. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I'm sure he would love it, but, um, especially now, but he, I'm not from a baseball household. Um, I feel like, yeah, this is, feels like a safe movie for dads too. Cause you involve the family and it's like, Oh, like the wife's crying. Like, that's cool. Like I won't cry, but I want to, um, <laughs> um yeah, it's, it was, oh God, it was so good. This was a suggestion yes. from somebody who is like Field of Dreams. It's a you gotta watch movie. Field of Dreams. I, I haven't, I really need to rewatch it. It's really great to hear you say that it was still so good because I have been scared to rewatch it because I loved it when I was a kid and I read Shoeless Joe when I was in like middle school maybe and really oh loved God. it. Is it good? It's good. I, I mean, I, like, so good. I liked it then. <laughs> I bet it's amazing. Since then. Um, <laughs> but I, lo- I loved it when I was a teenager. Um and that makes me really want to rewatch it. <laughs> Dude, I cannot believe this. I'm th- I've been thinking about it every minute since I watched yes. it. I've been like desiring to text people about it. Oh I'm like, don't text anyone about it. Everyone knows about it, Amanda. <laughs> you should. It's good to be reminded. And also none of us have seen it for at least 20 years. So I think it's worth a, a revisit. Field of Dreams is so good. It's yes. so weird. Let oh the people God. know. It's so insane. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, what is a spirited away? Like it's <laughs> insane. <laughs> oh my God. Um, also quick note. So the voice is at the voice of Ed Harris mm-hmm. oh. who's actually married to the actress, Amy Madigan, who plays, um, 
the main character's wife in it. But so it's Ed Harris's voice, but in the credits, the voice is listed as himself. Wow. I love And I'm that. like, are you, what are you saying? Are you trying to say? Are you trying to pass off the voice of Ed Harris as the voice of actual God? It's actually God. (laughs) We're not suspending our, or we are suspending our disbelief through the credits. We are not pulling the curtain back. We're leaving the curtain firmly in place. We got God for this one. We got God. We we called him up. We sent up a gentle prayer. Yeah. If you ask him, he will. Yeah. If you (laughs) ask him, he will come. He will do the script for you. (laughs) Um, I always think about the field of dreams <clears throat> reference in um, Wayne's world too. Yes. Because it's about building a stage and the concert <laughs> will happen. So good. Um, but anyways, that's my other dad movie that I watched and I highly recommend field of dreams. You also have to rent it. It's not streaming for free anywhere, but I'm sure it will be sometime soon. Oh, Come back. What a treat. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> glad to hear that. Um, I only watched one other movie and it was literally just a desire to round out some another dad genre that I was like, this is a classic dad genre, even for many, a grandpa genre. For me, this is definitely one of my grandpa's movies for nice. sure. I watched a Western classic, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, which I had never seen. Nice. It's great. It's a good it's movie. It's so great. It's really so great. good. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't really yeah. have a lot to say about it because it's just like, hey, that's a movie that's really famous um and the reason why is because it's really well made it's really it's good flick it's it's great it's super great um I forget the the vague name for Clint Eastwood's character in those isn't he just called like the stranger he's well this one is different from the because there's a series that he's in with a fistful of dollars dollars. this one his name is Blondie I think in the I think in the other ones he's just like the stranger or something yeah exactly whatever the the mysterious stranger but in this one he's just blondie which is pretty cute um it's about three men if you if you haven't seen the good the bad and the ugly like i hadn't until today (laughs) it's about three men who are all basically chasing some gold um one is good one is bad and one is ugly although i would say (laughs) that those are poor characterizations of all three of them (laughs) in my opinion my favorite one is the ugly one tuco he's awesome (laughs) i love tuco nice um but yeah it's it's really a a movie about three men um learning how to trust and all of them fail at this project they all Mm. fail at the project of trusting Mm. um but it's really fun it's three hours long as westerns are as westerns frequently are um but it was this one also really fell into the category of like I haven't seen very many Westerns. The ones that I have seen, I always like, but I never like put them on because I'm like, it's going to be so boring. It's going to be so long. Right. I need a little, I need a little push. Yeah. I need something to like get me into it. But this one, I, as soon as it started, I was like, this movie's so good already. Like the opening title sequence is so cool and like really exciting. Oh, it's so Um, good. Obviously the Ennio Morricone soundtrack is like incredible. That guy, obviously extremely famous. (laughs) the most famous uh, track for score for a film ever perhaps um but yeah it's really good really liked it and I really felt like a dad while watching it I am the dad today my dad loves that movie so much yeah totally your buono il cattivo brutto (laughs) is the Italian yes yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so fun but yeah Yeah. so uh that 
is also not streaming unfortunately you have to rent it but like you know if you've got a cool three hours or like if you know anybody they probably have it on dvd exactly friends (laughs) (laughs) Um, if you have any friends who are dads if you have any friends who are dads damn the time goes so fast Uh, we're almost out of here so this has been i'm gonna ask you a little question in a second jenny but um We're almost out of here. We are back um, on the, we are back on May 10th. So we're the, every second and fourth Tuesday of the month from seven to eight. Jenny, if you were a dad, what would your favorite movie be? (laughs) Oh, that's a really good question. I feel like a lot of the movies I love are dad movies. Like I will, this this um watching the good the bad and the ugly today reminded me of one of the only other westerns that I've seen that I love so much is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is like actually one of my favorite movies which I forget and then remember every once in a while and I'm like that feels very dad of me yeah that is one of my favorite movies definitely definitely Uh, Amanda what would your favorite movie be if you were a dad so I don't know that this is a dad movie per se, but I'm sure there's a lot of dads who love it. But I think if I were a dad, my favorite movie would be Total Recall. Yes, totally. <laughs> um, yeah, it would probably be that one or, or like Apocalypse Now. <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah, that's I, I don't like war movies really. And I feel like if I were a dad, I would like them just a little bit more. Like just Exactly. A little more into them. That one is just really good. Yeah, that's what they, that's what they say. <laughs> when my, when my parents were here visiting, my dad sat down to watch it and he didn't realize that he put on the three hour director's cut. And I was like, you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> we're doing it. It's Heart of darkness, baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. For real. Yeah. Uh, incredible. Yeah, man. Yeah, I just, there's a lot of great, I mean, we didn't even like wait at all into the comedy section. Like my, one of my dad's like my dad loves Bill and Ted, which is like also a classic, like it's more a more modern dad movie, I yeah. would say. Like not a lot of um, older dads would probably be into it, but like younger dads and dads our age, like if somebody handed me a child and I became a dad today, like Bill and yeah. Ted would probably shoot all, I mean, I already love it, but it would like shoot up even higher. Yeah. I, um, it's funny that you bring up comedies. Cause yeah, my dad's not a comedy dad and you used Caddyshack for yes. our post and I have never seen Caddyshack. Me neither. My dad does love Caddyshack and I have no interest in watching it. <laughs> I don't either. Yeah. I like the great outdoors. That's, I've never seen that either. Actually. Yeah. I mean, that feels like very dad movie, super, not my dad, but totally. a dad movie nonetheless. Yeah. It's about dads. It's about, it's dads. about like dads who don't like each other, which is the whole thing. Like what about Bob? <laughs> totally. Oh my God. My dad also likes what about Bob? Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. Obviously. Oh, incredible. Yeah. This has exactly. been dim the lights with Jenny and Amanda, dad, the lights. With, dad the lights with, with Jenny <laughs> with Danny and dad Manda exactly dad Manda signing out um we are <laughs> back like I said every second and fourth Tuesday of the month from seven eight here on the lovely WGXC and uh we have an Instagram at dim the lights with Jenny and Amanda please check us out and let us know what you think give us movie Rex. yeah send us your favorite dad movie or your dad's favorite movie or both I'm we just interested know. Uh, But we'll see you in just a couple weeks. Same time, same place. Yeah. Good night. Good night.